Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Mental Toughness and Body Show. My name is Rob Evans, and I'm your transformation coach, health strategist, and internationally published author, helping take your life and your business, your health, fitness, mindset, and body from where you are right now to where it is that you want to be. And today, I'm so excited because I've got this great guest with me today. It's Micah Lassert, all the way from the US. And Micah, I don't know whether I need to say anything else, but he's a fitness model and has been on the front cover of uh, Australian Ironman. I don't know that I need to say anything else. Welcome, Micah. How are you? Man, thank you so much for having me, Rob. So I will say a, a few extra things. So you've got, um, so you said you run, uh, you run three businesses. We'll we'll talk about those. You do it with your wife too, which I think is a a huge challenge. And um, kudos to you for getting that to uh, to work for you. So you're a, a muscle model, world champion. Um, TV personality, uh, TV personality, motivational speaker. You help uh, thousands and thousands of people around the world. Um, I read something here: uh, eighty-one countries, over six hundred thousand pounds, which that's about uh, just over three hundred or just under three hundred thousand kilos. Uh, awesome! And uh, you run two gyms, so um, this is fantastic. I'm really looking forward to to this, Micah. Thanks for joining us this morning. Maybe by way of uh, starting, maybe just tell us a little bit, uh, we've all got a story in the, the health and fitness industry, what got us started and why. Maybe just give us a little bit of an insight as to why why fitness modeling, why health and fitness, what got you started? Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll make a kind of a shorter version of it. Uh, but essentially, um, I grew up as, as an athlete, um, but I was skinny my whole life. And a lot of people refer to being bullied when you're overweight, but it happens too when you're skinny. Um, I had an adult figure in my life that was that was that was pretty bully-like to me. Said a lot of bad things, and it 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 just it it hurt my self-esteem and my confidence at a young age. Um, so when I ended up graduating high school, I went to college, and I was like, you know what? Like I'm gonna take control back. I'm gonna work on this confidence. I want to get. The body that I saw on magazine covers like Iron Man or Muscle and Fitness, and uh, and and ultimately that's where the journey and the passion started with me. Fast forward a couple of years, and I started at 138 pounds at six foot tall too. So you guys understand wow. kind of kind of where that's at. Um, so so I was very very thin, um, but I had a lot of determination. I had a lot of anger inside of me as well because. You know, I would, I, I just wanted to be better. I wanted to be more. Um, and, and so ultimately I, I day in, day out was starting to live that bodybuilding lifestyle that, that we know that, uh, if you live that lifestyle, you know, it inside and out. And ultimately fast forward about five years, I had graduated college and, uh, and I wanted to be a personal trainer. I got a marketing degree of all things, but I always tell people I got a PhD in like transformation and bodybuilding because I, I was consumed in it. I loved it because of how it made me feel. Yeah. Um, and then I loved the aesthetic side of it too. Um, and then I was working at this gym and this guy came up to me and he's like, man, you need to be a fitness model. And I didn't even know what that was yeah. in Kansas city in our area. We're not a very like fit city. Uh, so what what year would that be around? What sort that of would have been 2002. Right. So 2002 that happened. Um, and so that would like that one line, and I'm still very, very close friends with that man. Um, that one line, I was like, I'm going to go be a fitness model. And I'm going to be on covers of magazines. No one else in my entire area had done that. Yeah. So I didn't even know where to start or how to do it or whatnot. 
I just knew that if I got myself into good shape, I made the relationships. And ultimately, I ended up using social media to build those relationships up. And uh, I ended up landing a reality show in 2004. From that, the producer connected me to a photographer that shot for a fitness magazine. And I was like, dude, this is my one shot. I'm going to fly to L.A. I'm going to shoot this cover and hopefully I land it. In 2005, I was on my first cover. I ended up nailing about 12 covers over the course of 10 years, wow. over 100 uh, publications. I was on TV. I did a lot of stuff. And then in 2011, I became the first uh, WBFF uh, World Muscle Model World Champion. Um, and so that's kind of my story in a nutshell. Um, at that exact same time, I was building myself as a trainer and really transformation coach. I loved helping people. I was using my platform to really grow myself and my own personality and identity, but through it also helping a ton of people. So I was kind of utilizing both sides of that spectrum to, to really grow the entire thing, which is now hitch fit. Um, and, and so the other thing that I think that, uh, a lot of people may not know is I was one of the very first people to start online personal training way back in 2006, utilizing uh, MySpace. At that particular time, like, you know, online personal training was just, it. no one knew what it was. Yes. Um, and I had a girl from Canada write and it's like, man, I wish I could work with you. I built her a plan. She ended up dropping like 30 pounds and I'm like, the light bulb goes on and I'm like, oh my goodness, I think I have a business here. But first I got to explain what the business is, protect it enough to get on the ground level of it foundationally, and then build the actual business around it. And a few years later, myself and my wife ended up building a hitch fit and it's been a crazy ride since. Yeah, beautiful. So, so many questions could come out of what you just said there. I want to um, go back to the start where you said about um, the, you know, the bullying and so forth. I, I was similar. Unfortunately, I don't have the aesthetics as you. You're six foot. I'm 165 centimeters, which is about five, five. Right. Okay. And uh, what you, you said, you weighed like 130 something. Okay. I, uh, so in pounds, I weighed about a hundred pounds when I was 22. Oh. Um, wow. And so that's at age 22 and somebody threatened to kill me and um, I'd been bullied because of my size. I was the smallest in the, the school growing up and everything, but I was 22 and someone threatened to kill me. And I said, um, uh, I've had enough, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I remember reading this article in my local newspaper. I lived in a, um, and sort of a country sort of town from, I live in Melbourne now, but a little country town. And this article said that there, there was this guy, probably about your size, he was, um, and he put on 10 kilos in 10 weeks. And I'm like, I'm going to do that. And I was at this particular gym. And I I mean, this is back in 1988, right? The yeah. gym, gym scene looked very, very different. Normally, the person that um, owned the gym ran the gym. Uh, it's obviously very different now. No 24-7 models or anything like that. It was it was yeah. all like it opened at this time, closed at this time. I went along there and he was a world champion um, um, uh, powerlifter and he competed in the IFBB, uh, you know, bodybuilding and stuff. A huge guy and I was just in awe of this guy. You know, he could have curled me with one arm and 
and stuff. And from there, I put on the 10 kilos in 10 weeks and it just completely changed my life. Now, I know what it did uh, for me. So I wanted to go back to what you said about um, how good it made you feel. Aesthetics is part of it. But talk to me because I know this is important uh, for both of us in the clients that we work with. But talk about the the mental side of what it did for you personally when you transformed yourself. And, and you're going to be able to relate to this because working with as many clients as you have over the years, most people come in day one because they want to look better. Yep. What they end up finding out is all the other benefits that you get actually outweigh the aesthetics, the aesthetics then being a bonus to what you get and how much it actually changes your life. So rewinding to me going through that period of time, I'm struggling internally, you know, my, my mental fortitude, my, my mental strength, it was so minimal and I was so fragile at that point. And the thought of like lifting a dumbbell and getting stronger and putting the right fuel in my body, how that changed my chemistry, just my overall brain and how it was thinking, how I was, how, how, how I would start to like, you know, just say uh, positive affirmations to myself and things that that were really lifting me up. I, I can't encourage people that are watching this or, or, or that are out there just like making those small changes in your life really can change your life and make a massive impact. Like without bodybuilding and without, you know, making those choices that I did then, I don't think that I would be where I'm at now. I don't think the success would have happened. I don't think that I would have married the woman that I married. Yeah. All of it happened because I made that decision I created a discipline and a structure in my life that helped me and that carried over to every aspect of your life. You feel amazing almost every day, Rob. Yeah, I, I know. I, I love it. Do you think you started, though, for the aesthetics and then as you progressed, you realized that actually it's got nothing to do with that? Even though you're a fitness model, you know what I mean? It's got nothing to do with the aesthetics, but everything about what it does up here. Yeah, yeah, of, of course. I mean, I was 18 years old. Um, like a lot of 18 year old guys, like we're like, if we get big muscles, the girls are going to like us more. Like that was for sure a big portion of why I started. Yeah. What I didn't realize and what I wasn't told was all the other side effects, the positive side effects that happened by going through that transformation and what it did to me internally. It essentially gave me belief, belief in myself again that self-confidence to go out and achieve anything and everything that I wanted in life yes so just as a side note there because there might be people watching this saying okay you're a, you're a fitness model I'm obviously not a I don't have your good looks and uh, uh, your body but how long did it take you to say from when you started to well let's go with being on the your first cover so that was uh, that was eight years. So I started in 1997. I dove in deep. So I wasn't just like tapping my foot in the water. Like I jumped mm. in the deep end because I felt like I got to go all in to get the most out of it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it it was it was a, a ton. What people don't realize is they always see the successes that happen. Yeah. But I got a lot of no's. I had a lot of failures. I had a lot of people that didn't believe in me that were like, why are you going this route? Go a more traditional route. People that I that I had dated, people that I thought were friends. I mean, it, it was very rare. You figure out who your circle is when you start getting your life right. It's yeah. pretty crazy. Um, and, and I'll tell you what, I kept my circle really tight. 
And I just said, you know, this is what I'm going to go do. I was stubborn enough to make it go happen. And the other thing is like, I didn't have a lot of fear because I was like, I'd already gone through so much struggle and pain in my life. I'm like, what's the worst that can happen? Just go through the same storm I went through already before I already got through that. What, 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 what hurts if I go through this and I fail? And then the failure just didn't, it, it wasn't an option. It wasn't when someone said no, or, or, or it didn't happen. I just, you know, I just created another goal and went and made something else happen. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Love this. Um, so how much do you think that the, uh, the lifestyle that you've adopted through uh, through this, the training, the focus, the mindset, understanding about relationships and all that sort of stuff, keeping that. I just did a podcast within the last eight days about keeping it tight, as in like your circle. Um, how much has that influenced the success of your business? Oh, bodybuilding and that particular lifestyle and that level of discipline, especially if the goal is trying to get on covers of magazines or competing. Now, that's not everybody's goal, but you can still apply a lot of the aspects of that lifestyle into other facets of your life. It was absolutely game changing for me because what it taught me was the hard work that I put in had a result. The choices that I made every single day had a result. And, you know, being faithful in that small to be faithful in that much and essentially that's that's how I applied it. Like that same disciplines I had in bodybuilding and fitness, I carried over not only to my business and building that into a large business, but also the relationship I have with yeah. my wife yeah. and my faith. Like it all comes together. It's intertwined. What I love about it is if you can transform your health, your your body, your mind, then you can do absolutely anything. And I think because you are so successful in your your own health and wellness, you're so right. Those it's those same principles. If you want, um, like you got quite big arms. If you want to get big arms, you say, okay, Rob, go into the gym and just do you know twelve bicep curls today. You'll be set. You never have to do them again. It's the same with business. Just go do this one marketing campaign. You'll never have to do anything again. Just do that one, and you'll be set for life. It's relentless. You've got to do it consistently. You've got to keep building relationships. You've got to keep innovating. You've got to keep eating. You've got to keep working out. You've got to keep a positive mindset. You know, it's um, that's what I love love about it. And it completely changed uh, my world from the probably the very first workout I did, certainly the first week. I'm right, like, I've got to do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. Man, I, I, lo I love that you're sharing your story too, man, because I'm getting to know you better. And, you know, we, we've been on that same path together. So we understand it first, foremost, and, and just being able to share that story to others, encourage others to do, you know, kind of yeah, follow a similar right. path. That's right. Yeah. And um, so tell me about your the different businesses that you operate. Tell us a little bit about those. So we have the uh, we have the Hitchfit online. That was that was the first business that we started. Um, as you had mentioned, we brought we bought that to eighty one countries, six hundred thousand pounds globally. Um, soon after we opened up the online side of the business, we opened up a brick and mortar gym. We now have two of those. We we ran the exact same model we run online, but in person. So we were one of the very first transformation style gyms. So if you walk into our gyms, we have thousands of before and after pictures all over the wall yeah, of people pictures, all yeah. over the world. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then uh, and then our third business, we started uh, a little over a year ago with a couple uh, we do. It's called Rock Body Retreats. And we do these amazing wellness, fitness, faith retreats um, all over the world in beautiful locations. We go in and help people level up their lives, whether that be relationships or fitness or faith or, or even finances, just teaching them and, and a, really a way of living. What, what we're talking about here, mental strength and fortitude, all those things that it requires to not only be successful in a business, but also a relationship with your health. How yeah. many times do we see these extremely successful business owners that don't take care of their health? Yes. Right. There is no level of balance or even close to it because they're worried about making money. And I'm going, dude, your greatest wealth is your health. You get your health on point. Yes, that money matters and your relationships and all of that matters. But you got to take care of your health so that you can enjoy your life and live it fully. Yeah, absolutely. I say to people, there's no sense in having all the, uh, the money in the world if your health is zero. And to me, that's dead. If your health is zero, you're dead. Uh, it really doesn't make any any difference. And as you start to get a great handle on your health, you find that just all the other areas of your life you know, just transform as well. Um, so yeah, really absolutely. Good. So tell me about the, um, so relationship-wise, let's, let's um, delve in there. Very, very challenging to work with your, uh, and run a business with your partner. Um, so tell me how you navigate all of that because it sounds like you've got it, you've got it down pat. I'm sure they're challenging. I'll, I'll, I'll give you, yeah, I'll give you a short version of that. Maybe we'll do another podcast with her on it too. So she yeah. can get her side of the female version. Uh, but what I'll tell you is, is like we had some non-negotiables at the very get-go. And I'll tell you what those three non-negotiables were. Number one, we were going to have a date night once a week or a date day once a week, no matter what. No matter what we're going through, maybe that's just a walk. We got to like make some time together because the business can be all consuming, you know, much like a child would be or whatnot. Like it, it is all consuming. You're working on it constantly. Um, the second thing is, is to never go to bed angry. That was that was really, really important thing. If you got a problem or a disagreement, take care of it so that you can go to bed, get some good sleep and put it behind you and, and focus on the new day. Lastly, and most importantly, is just making sure communication is on point. It is, you know, we're all different, unique, created differently. Yes. Um, so it's very, very important that, you know, we are able to communicate with one another. My wife and I do a really good job at that. Uh, we're also very similar type of personalities. We're very, we're very type A driven personalities when it comes to business. But in personal life, we're very introverted. We're very like we gain okay. energy with quiet and silence. Yeah. And, and so we, we take the time to do things like that. We also schedule vacations, sometimes very far in advance where we know we're going to be working a ton to then go and kind of release and recharge. And we go hike mountains and we go see beautiful places. And, uh, you know, that's been a, a big part the last couple of years. Um, that, that we do together as well. Yeah, awesome. I love those three three non-negotiables. They're very important for, for any relationship. Do you find that you're still able to, uh, because, you know, business is just 24-7, isn't it? Uh, are you able to switch off from it? So it's like, do you know what? We're not going to lie here in bed and talk about the problem that, you know, we have in the business right now. We're just let, Let's just, just leave it. You able to do that easily, or do you find that? Man, I mean, that that's a challenge. I mean, that to to be honest with you, I think that's going to be a challenge for any couple that's running a business together. 
because as things happen in the day and we know uncontrollables happen all the time within business, you know, you're either trying to put out a fire or build a new building or whatever it may be within the yeah. business. And so you're constantly, you know, uh, what we, you know, another big thing that we did, you know, is, is I ended up finding out what I, what my strengths were and what I really enjoyed. And she, you know, has her strengths and what she enjoyed. We know that one another are going to get those jobs and those tasks done. So if there's any jobs that are kind of in the middle there that we're like just not keen on doing or, or we're not the best at, that's where we hire out. That's another really big tip um, is, is, is finding the things we Absolutely. enjoy doing, doing a lot of that so yeah. that this stuff doesn't feel like work. But at the same time, we're human beings. We take care of our health and stuff. But it's a lot when you're working seven days a week for years and years and years, like you have to, you have to make time to, you know, try to balance yourself out as much as possible with the relationship and and, and hobbies and fun too. Yes, yes. So because, uh, because you are a, a fitness model, do you find that there, whether you place it on yourself or just because of your, you know, your past there, do you find that there's a, uh, a pressure for you to always look a certain way and it's like okay you need to be able to take your shirt off at any moment and you know be four percent body fat or whatever or, or do you, are you able to manage manage it pretty well because it obviously is a lifestyle anyway it's not like you you go from working out to not working out and eating well to you know not eating as clean and stuff but is there any ain't pressure on that to always just look cover ready yeah, I, I, I probably struggled with that years ago. Uh, I don't struggle with it as much now, you know, in my mid 40s. Um, the, the battle I have is not with other people's judgment, but the judgment of myself when it yeah. comes to it. Like I have a specific expectation. My wife is the exact same way. My wife won two world championships. She let me know that all the time. But we both <laughs> carry that same expectation of ourselves. I'm, I need to be healthy and fit for this business. It's a requirement. It's a requirement to be healthy and fit for my wife and be everything I can be for my friends. And so it, it's, it's not something that's difficult for me to do, though, because I love feeling this way. Mm. Um, but, you know, in years past, I for sure, especially after you get off stage, like competitors, it is a very psychologically damaging, you know, uh, yeah. uh, damaging sport if you're not mentally prepared for it. Uh, because we go through off season, we go through this, especially for the females, like, you know, they get into that sort of condition and then they may go into an off season bulk or trying to build. And then people see them like, oh, you don't look like anything you look like on stage. We look like yeah. that for one day, you know, yeah. that level of leanness. We can't walk like that all around, you know. Um, and I, I, I think that can be very damaging to a lot of people. And people go through some depression and and really yeah. some self-image issues. Um, so I just really, you know, work on why you're doing what you're doing. And you should be doing it because you're doing it for yourself and then using your platform to inspire other people. Yeah, yeah, beautifully said. Do you still compete? No, I retired. I so I won a world championship in eleven, and I retired the same night. <laughs> I had lost. I lost two years in a row. I got ninth in the world, and then fifth. And then when I won, I was like, "I'm done. I'm out of here." Um, got I, it. Yeah, I, I've been. I've been honest about this too. So I, I was never extremely passionate about competing, but I hated losing. I hated losing. So once I made the commitment, I was like. 
I'm going to do, I'm going to work so hard. I'm got, if I got a bulk and add some size here or do what, like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win this thing. Um, and I ended up winning. And then I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm ready for this chapter to be over. I, I was much more in love with the fitness modeling side of things of the prep leading up to that. It was, it was so less stressful, um, because it was just really me versus me. There was no subjective, anything, you know, you got yourself in shape. You had a good time at a photo shoot. Um, whereas my wife was very, very comfortable on stage. She loved competing and she won many, many shows, uh, outside of the two world championships. So, you know, she kind of like nudged me to get on stage and that's why it originally happened. And I'm glad she did. Cause it was a really, you know, one of the highlights of my fitness career. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. So let's, uh, let's dig into perhaps some of your clients. What, what would you say, so this is a global issue. I believe it's not not unique to here or over there what would you say are probably the the biggest challenges that you find that peace people face when they they come to you looking for a transformation everybody pretty much says the exact same thing like most people are willing to work out but what we can't work out is outwork is our nutrition and the nutrition is always the most difficult part for people. Yep. Um, and I've seen multiple different layers of nutrition issues. So there's people that just like eating food. They just like eating bad food. It's easier to eat bad food. It's less discipline. You eat what you want when you want. But the issue is, is you become kind of almost in bondage of that food. You're using that food to celebrate life. You're using that food when you're in emotionally in a bad space, much like a drug or an alcohol. We just associate food to something more positive. Yes. Um, and, and so what I've seen is that type of individual and then someone that is a true food addict. And, and that food addiction is a very, very serious thing. I mean, every decision they make is based around you know, the food and the comfort with that. They go to an all-inclusive resort, and that means... I'm going to eat and drink as humanly as much as possible yes. to get every dime out of this, right? And, and and literally, they eat themselves to death at some point, either whether it be losing limbs with type type two diabetes or or all the other you know obesity related issues that we that we struggle with. Um, and then on top of that, lack of activity and bad nutrition leads to more depression, more anxiety. I mean, it's just. It's, it's an endless amount of negativity that ends up snowballing you into a place that you're nowhere close to living a full life. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly the same here. Um, the, the, the biggest impact that I see is probably the mental, the mental side of it, the, whether it's emotional eating or whatever, but leading to depression, the poor self-image, all that kind of stuff. And then, then you've got the overweight and obesity-related illnesses that that come with that um i i think you you said it before about um it's probably not the big things but it's the little things that people do every single day and particularly in their food because i agree 100 percent. it's the the workouts are easy now i say that yes they can be hard and they're sore and all that kind of stuff but workouts are easy the food is the bit that people can't do so what would be some of the because i know that the um, uh, you know, the, the mental side uh, of the work that you do is really important. So the, what would you say if we were to give people a couple of tips as to if they're, they're really battling with their, their transformation, their food, et cetera, how do you work with people to help them navigate that? 
I think I think number one is finding out what your why is your 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 uh, your underlining motivation in doing this. You know, when I first meet a client, I want to know why they're there. Yes. Obviously, they want to lose weight, but why? You know, and then figuring out what those triggers are. Sometimes it's their child and being healthy for that. Maybe their father just passed away of a heart attack or something. You know, and what I see in men. Uh, even more so than women, women are a little bit more preventative with it. Men in general, dude, like we have this super superhero type of syndrome that it literally takes rock bottom before we make change. Like yeah. we we're that stubborn in a lot of situations um, or a really tough breakup. I mean, how many times after a divorce or a big breakup do people then go and get in shape? I'm like, why didn't you get in shape when you were yeah. together? And stay in shape. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> And, and so, you know, ultimately, like it, it changes the game. Um, I don't know if you've read this study yet, but I got to talk to it about it on, on this podcast because you're out of Australia and it came out of Australia, uh, 127,000 participants in it. And they found that physical activity was 1.5 times more effective for depression and anxiety than any medication or counseling. Now, I'm not against counseling. I think counseling can be very effective for people that need to speak out their stuff. But goodness gracious, like just moving more. That's yeah. not even talking nutrition. Just moving more, you know, is, is a game changer. You bring nutrition in it too. I mean, it's the fountain of use. It changes the game on everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I'm spot on. It's the, well, I ask people two questions up front. I say, so what, you know, what is it that you're looking for in um, in terms of your, your health, wellness and whatever? I said, so why? Why is that important to you? Tell me why. So oh, I just want to look good. And I'm like, that's not, that's not enough. Come on, what no. else? I want to look good uh, for my wedding. Yeah, and what happens after the wedding's over? Why then? And yeah, you've got to ask it like five or six times to get to the, the real thing. And then I asked them, so on a scale of one to 10, how committed are you to achieving those goals? And they mm. said, oh, well, anyone that's less than a seven or an eight now, I don't even take on as a client. Yeah. Because you know they're not going to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had one person, so I asked this fairly early on. I had one person years ago, so I'll probably a three. And I just closed my computer and I said, okay, why did you bother coming in today? So I said, I've got to tell you, I, I said, I, I don't work with anyone that's got, I said, I could give you the world's best plan and the world's best workouts and the world's best coaching, but you're not going to do the work. Um, so, yeah, so great. I love your your approach. We're very aligned like that so um i got a, a few other questions for you but what would you say like personally for you what's your biggest challenge in you being able to um you know achieve what you want to achieve whether it's change for you or maintaining what you've got what, what's personally the biggest challenge i, I mean the, the biggest challenge for us is how much we always have on our plate and the rigid schedule that i have to live by every single day to ensure that i get that stuff done I mean, I wake up anywhere between 3 a.m. and 3.30 every single day, regardless if I'm on vacation or not. Mm. Um, and and I live a very structured, similar day um, as far as how I do things now. That keeps me very effective and very productive. Yep. But that can also be a challenge sometimes because you get kind of you get kind of burnt out in general. You know, I yes. I kind of fade later in the day. So you know, if I didn't get it done by 6 or 7 p.m., like more than likely it's not going to get done that day. But I get a tremendous amount done before, you know, before anyone most gets people up. even wake up. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. That, I, that's probably the biggest challenge, you know, just 
just allocating time properly, um, building that time. And then, you know, when uncontrollables happen in life, how to kind of navigate through that with such a rigid schedule. Yeah, yeah. I love that. We're so aligned on our, our thinking. And I like the, what you just said there. And like, I'm often accused as, of being boring. Uh, because I, I like to think of myself as I'm probably like an extroverted introvert. Like I love yeah. doing these shows and you'll probably be the same. If you could be on a stage to talk about all of this stuff in front of a billion people, no problem. But yeah. I'm also very private and uh, quiet. So I do want to be introverted. At, like if it's at a party or something, I don't want to be in the middle of the, the dance floor and communicating with people. Put me in the corner. I'll have a conversation with you, you know, and I'll enjoy that. And I just want to have a quiet night. Um, but when you look at high performance, any high performance athlete, a sports team, whatever, do they go to the gym and they do a different workout every day? Do they eat different food every day? Oh, what will I do today? No, it's very structured. They know they do this in the morning, this in the afternoon. This is the food that they eat. And once you get that winning formula, you just keep doing it. And hence why yeah, you're doing so well, because you've identified what it is that works for you. And I like to call my my like your health, fitness, workouts, supplementation, all that. To me, it's a lifestyle, and I call it my backbone. It's yeah. foundational. Without that, I I fall over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're perfectly aligned. It, it's a language that only people that live it understand it fully. Everyone else thinks we're crazy. You know, um, I'm like, dude, it's just chicken and rice in a Tupperware. You don't, you don't have to blow your mind through that. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's just, but, but everybody wants to know all the details on how it's done. And I'm like, yeah. even if I tell you, you're not going to follow it because yeah, you're not right. ready to make change. Right. That's right. Um, but for those people that are, man, I mean, we, we've had some amazing journeys over the years and seeing people really transform their lives and, and ultimately save some of their lives. And, and that's why we wake up and do what we do. We feel great. And that's the other thing to go back on all this. We live this way so that we can be our best version for someone yeah. else. Yeah. You know, um, I, I want to walk the walk, just like I talk the talk. It has to align. Yes. Yes. Spot on. COVID. COVID affected us very differently here. I don't know whether you know much about Melbourne. We were the most locked down city in the world. Um, six times, about 300 days in total. Um, really, really debilitating. Um, you were already in the online fitness space in a big way, but what was um, the impact that COVID had on you, like business-wise, mindset-wise? I don't know what you were like in lockdowns over there. I know the US was quite diff different in... Like if you lived in Florida, it's like, hey, just we don't close. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell, tell me what the impact was uh, for you and and on the business. When so uh, one of one of our gyms was one of our gyms was shut down for forty days. One of our gyms was shut down for sixty days. Right. Uh, we were private one on one gyms. Um, I I I gave a lot of feedback that was against the shutdown of gyms um, mm. only because I knew how important they were during a time that was so difficult for so many that, that like used it for the mental side of things, not just the bodybuilders getting giant muscles. We're talking yeah. about the mental state of people who have dealt with PTSD or trauma or people that are struggling with depression and anxiety and then at the same time, they kept liquor stores open. Like it yeah. frustrated me so much. And, 
you know, I, I probably got some backlash a little bit during that time, but I connected a healthy body with, with being more effective towards any disease or whatnot. We have the studies to prove all of that. There was a lot of people that suffered. It was very heartbreaking uh, for a lot of people. We lost some people that we loved. Everybody lost somebody or knew somebody impacted. Uh, but I was really frustrated during that time because I felt like that was a time that people like myself, people like my wife, other fitness leaders, really, we could have took the forefront of this and said, all right, we need to get it together. We'll follow every precaution that you guys may have, whether it be masks or whether it be, you know, sanitation, whatever it is that you need for us to do. But people need to get this stress out. Them sitting in darkness at their house for months and months and months, this is going to increase depression, anxiety, suicide, everything. And it did. Yeah. My, I couldn't agree more. The, the same things happened here. It was crazy. Um, I had to shut my studio for, yeah, you know, like those 300 days pre pretty much. Um, but I innovated with the the Zoom and, and all that kind of thing. What I think that they should have done is said, do you know what? We realize how impactful this is going to be on mental health. I mean, they'll do studies on this in another probably eight years time and say, wow, we're still seeing the effects of this. They could have made all our facilities like a hospital uh, and said, you know what, um, you need to have all, like you said, all of these different things in place, but we need to get people to these places. What my personal opinion on that is the people that made the decisions were not gym goers. They weren't really into their own health and wellness. And so therefore it wasn't a priority. And if you understood uh, a little bit more about the decision makers, well, guess what? The things that they enjoy doing you were still allowed to do those things. Like if it was, you know, playing golf or whatever and just make up some story that um, whether you're out in the open, COVID, you know, spreads in the air and stuff, so you're safe out there. Um, so, yeah, it was very disappointing from from that perspective. But did you, what, did that make you innovate through your business or change it in some way to so that you could still be successful? Well, the first thing was was taking care of our 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 current staff that we had with trainers and figuring mm -hmm. out because we financially were in a spot that you know if we were down for a couple months it, it wasn't going to destroy us because we had an online business that was very successful. Um, so first off was making sure of that. The second thing was making sure that the clients that were coming in at that point were also taken care of in some sort of way. This is where the online personal training and communication and whatnot, you know, we kept that in place for, for motivation. We knew this was going to make an impact on their journeys, um, but a majority of those people ended up coming back and then finishing their journeys. That was that was very important, um, you know, and and I think, you know, during that particular time, the the one thing that, that I'll say that that really, I think, um, catapulted in our particular lives were uh, we didn't innovate in any way when it came to uh, the businesses and fitness and whatnot. But what we did is we started things that we had kind of had on the back burner because we were so busy. Yes. Um, and so that's when we started writing books. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing was kind of more of a personal thing that, that has to do with physical activity but one of the only things that was open in America at that time was going to national parks and hiking. 
Yes. Um, and so we started doing that. And since then, now we travel the world and hike. We love it so much. It's something we enjoy doing together. Um, and so those two things were really impactful for us during that time. We also were a part of the news here in Kansas City. Uh, we did quite a few segments, you know, showing some stuff you could do outside, some okay. stuff you could do at home, um, in, in your own home, just some stuff to give back in a way. Uh, we, we were making home workouts that people could yeah. follow. We were giving these away for free, little home workouts that we could do. Uh, people could follow and, and join us during a workout. You know, it, I just knew it was a challenging time for a lot of people and, and they needed an outlet. Yes. Yeah. Great. Well, well done. Um, love that. So I wanted to, we'll, we'll finish up shortly. I w wanted to um, ask you um, about this, this one, uh, now you don't know this uh, about me and I'm about to share it and hopefully I can do it in a, a nice way. Um, I wanted to talk to you about the fitness industry and, and eating disorders and um, amongst teenage girls. Uh, now, I, I just lost my daughter to anorexia um, at, oh. age, at age 15. Um, just it's yesterday was eight weeks ago. Awesome. Uh, and um, because of obviously the industry that I work in, you can imagine how much, um, you know, blame that I got because I work in the industry, single dad, work in the fitness industry and even now that she's gone there will be um you know health professionals that that blame me for her death now you and i know better and i don't know whether you've you've got kids or not but the, the number of conversations that i had uh with my daughter and trying to get her to to change but like we we said before one of the biggest challenges is if if you come to see me and you don't want to change then you're not going to change and um unfortunately she was in that that place over 40 hospital admissions um over two over two years and really you know we we, we lost it had to make the tragic decision of switching off her life support for crying out loud and it was you know just you know it's it's heartbreaking one of the things that i'm now doing is um yeah, I didn't think I'd be in this space, but it, it's trying to have an impact. So we, we shouldn't be burying our kids and no one should die from an eating disorder. And obviously the system failed because, um, you know, I couldn't help her. The hospital system couldn't save her. Um, you know, it, the, the mindset work and so forth is just absent. So I'm determined to connect with all the right people to make a make a difference here now she was bullied as well unfortunately and she was um she was food shamed and and stuff and that just manifested in this really horrible way that then had her had had this image about her and so um i know there's a lot in what i'm saying here to to try and get to where i want to get to um you being successful you know, you're obviously a, like a fitness model um you've got a big social media presence we know that there's a lot of really crappy filters out there that people use. And um, certainly here, we and during COVID, we saw an 80% increase in the number of eating disorders here. And it's, it's, it's not isolated to girls, but it's mainly girls. And it's between 13 to 16 that seems to be the biggest 
the biggest um, problem. What I'm wanting to do is connect with, the, you know, the right sort of uh, fitness people that want to have a positive impact in changing the way that people see themselves. And you and I know what it likes, how, we, how we've seen ourselves over time, how we've changed ourselves over time. So I guess, firstly, I wanted to get your thoughts on what is that like in the US? I, I think I've seen numbers like this. We've got a million people here, a million kids that have eating disorders. I've seen numbers like 30 million in the US. I, I haven't seen a, a valid um, you know, place where that's come from. So I don't know how accurate that is, but you know, you've got 10 times the population that we do. Um, so I just wanted to get your thoughts and how, you know, whether it's you and me or how we us as fitness professionals can have an impact in that space. Well, first off, man, my heart breaks for you. I, my condolences go to you. I, I'm I'm very, very sorry. Um, second off, um, whoever these so-called professionals are, obviously have no idea what in the world they're talking about. Yeah. Um, and, and what I mean by that is like, you know, number one, you know, she she had to make the choice internally to to make the change in her life. We know this from a fitness professional standpoint, what we're teaching every single day is saving people's lives by the thousands for the, for the, for the coaches and the people out there teaching the lifestyle the right way. There are situations that happen, but, but like in those particular situations, it's usually something much deeper rooted. You talked about bullying. It could be something else. Someone went through a trauma. Um, and, and what we're associating is, an eating disorder, but what, what it, it, whether it's an eating disorder or it's alcoholism or it's a drug abuse or it's, you know, the suicidal, the depression, whatnot, like there's typically something more deeper rooted that is going on that has not been fully fixed yet or fully healed yet. And it manifests in one of those ways. And, and I'm sorry that, you know, it, it got to that point. I have people in my life over the years that, have struggled with with not necessarily eating disorders uh, to the point of of losing their life, but I have I've seen a lot of really hard mm. situations happen from bullying or or being you know some level of trauma that that they ended up taking their life, um, and and so so I I know that area very well. I've researched a lot of it. Um, when you're when you're dealing with something like that, um, I think one of the biggest things that you have to do is just the education of it and having the systems in place that, you know, not everyone is going to get through it. Not everyone will get through that. You know, I can't, I can't go and help. You can't go and help. And sometimes those people that are closest to us are the ones we can't help that we want to help the most, but we can't, you know, our family, the people that we love. And, and, and so, you know, you just pray that there is an outside source that comes in that can help during that period of time. Um, but, but, you know, what, what, I, what I would tell you and everybody else out there is like, it, it's a real issue. Eating disorder is a real issue and we connect it to like competing or, or, or vigorous exercise or this obsession mm. with trying to look a specific way. I mean, people that are doing it right know that the benefits far outweigh anything that's negative from it, you know? Yeah. Um, but there's also this this stigma in this in, in societal that is very difficult. I can't even imagine being 15 years old right now, 12, 13, yeah. 14, 15 years old right now, the amount of judgment that happens 
your your brain's not fully you know fully grown at that point and functioning at a level that you can even understand what is going on but you have this pressure of looking a specific way and being a specific beauty while most of them that's not even what they look like it's a lot of filters and it's a lot of you know skinny and down their waist and making their glutes bigger and you know and it's just this unrealistic expectation to put on such a young person um and you know we need to do better as a society um and and it's and it's people like us it's people that are out there actually teaching the truth and really trying to help people instead of pushing them onto medication and everything else, like teach them the truth, get them true healing, number one, and then a structure and a schedule and a system that can help them feel better about themselves, the confidence that that they need to, and the self-image that they need to get through that, whether that be counseling and then coaching and, you know, a good system of individuals that can help them get through that. Yeah, beautifully, man, breaks free, man. beautifully said. And do, do you know what? Not one person ever asked me how I do it, you know, like how I work with people. It's just assumed, you know, you have a title and, yeah. and stuff. But, yeah, I think it's um, it's one of those things. I think we could probably um, yeah, maybe have some conversations at another time off, off camera here. I think, um, yeah, I mean, you're such a positive role model in what in what you do. I'd love to, you know, brainstorm some ideas as to how we could have a a more positive impact social media wise because it, that was something that impacted her too in a in a negative way. I mean, it's got a lot of positive stuff out there, but just I mean, there's just so much damaging stuff on there, and we've got to, like you say, get the truth out there. And what's what's um, guess what what is sustainable healthy living that just completely changes people's minds lives everything it's just i don't know i just i i didn't say this at the start i used to be a chartered accountant and um i changed to do this business because i saw that i could add more value through people's lives in changing this part rather than charging changing the accounting side of their life and finding improvements there it's like well if you can't find if you don't improve this it doesn't matter what's coming out of you; it's going to be bad. So let's let's yeah. get let's get this right, um, Mike. This has been awesome. I'm just really conscious of um, of your time, and my time's about to run out too. What um, maybe tell us uh, how people can get in touch with you? Um, I don't know whether you offer any um, you know like free things or consultations or anything like that, but maybe just give. I will add these uh, links at the bottom of the podcast as well. But maybe just uh, tell people how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, my my name is very unique, so you can Google me. Um, I'm I'm on all platforms. I have a ton of different pages. Mr. Hitchfit on Instagram is kind of one of my bigger pages. There, uh, Hitchfit.com is our online platform. Um, we have we have free guides and stuff on there and a ton of free blogs, a ton of success stories. You can look at inspiration and then rockbodyretreat.com is is where we do our retreats. So, yeah, I mean, if you guys ever have a question or, or you know, I try to get back with everybody and, and really just help motivate and inspire people. And what's great about you know, what we both do, but you um, certainly what you do uh, more successfully than me is work with people around the world. So it doesn't matter where you're listening to this. I think this podcast, last time I checked, goes to 62 countries. Um, they can work with you wherever wherever you are. So that would, um, yeah, fantastic. 
Micah, I'm going to end it there. Thank you so much uh, for today. This has been brilliant. I know that we're going to uh, speak again and we'll do some other podcasts, but um, you've added so much value here. You just need to stop, replay, and listen to this one a number of times. You've added so much value. Thanks so much. And Rob, thank you so much, man. And continue doing what you're doing. This is a great podcast. Your message is perfect for people out there that need change. Yeah, thanks so much. All right, I will talk again. All right, brother. Thank you.